Hello, everybody. I welcome you all for our quarter one result 2016 here of our company, Effel Schmidt in Copenhagen. If we come to the key highlights for that first quarter 2016, it was definitely a low activity at the beginning of the year, which impacted exceptionally our revenue line and with that, of course, the EBITDA, which was then very low too. Our service activities, despite the tough market decision, uh, conditions, were holding up actually quite okay. We had a higher order intake based on a large order in cement in the first quarter. Our cross margin improved, as well as our networking capital and our net interest-bearing debt trending downwards. We keep the full-year guidance and see that for the remainder of the year, business will pick up more. But before we go more into the business details, as always, we would like to show our track record on safety. Safety is utmost important for us, our sub-suppliers and our customers. And again, I can show here a 1.5 LTI of R in quarter one. This is an outstanding performance of our organization. And it clearly shows that our organization takes safety measurement very, very serious. If we then look into the operational highlights of the quarter one 2016, yes, we won an order, a big EPC order in Algeria for cement. We could renew a cement O&M contract over five years in Egypt, as well as a successful market entry of one of our new innovations, the Tribomax, what we informed you a few quarters ago regarding wear surface protection. We have announced and done a strategic partnership with the Wirtgen Group, with their business Clement and Reiner, for supplying crushers for mobile units to go into the aggregate and construction industry. And last but not least, and very important in such a high volatile time, is our ongoing business right sizing is on the list. Still, we work our, on our efficiency improvements and the investment in people is ongoing. If we then look into one part of what we put as strategic or innovation per quarter, this time we are proud to announce a strategic partnership with General Electric on Internet of Things. As you know, we promote and we talk since years about that productivity and productivity improvement in the mining industry as well as in the cement industry is the predominant factor for the next cycle. In that partnership with our new partner, General Electric, we are able to provide our clients with hard and software and the Effel Schmidt competence in cement as well as in mining to offer permanent online productivity improvements on each parts of the site what they own. This is again a proof that we, with all the partnerships, like with BASF, like with Wirtgen, clearly go in the direction to team up with the strong players in the market and keeping and maintaining and providing our core competence of FL Schmidt in cement as well as in mining to our customers to improve productivity. 
How is the market looking like? Yeah, since August last year, July, August last year, we have a unbelievable high market volatility and low visibility in it. We see, especially in the minerals division, a heavy pressure on CapEx, despite very high production rates, despite better balance sheets, better share price performances of our customers. But the CapEx spending is very much on a low level in the mining industry. The best spot in the mining industry, in the commodities to play in, is definitely gold and copper. And as you know, these are our, are our main mining commodities where we act in and where we are market leading. If we then look into cement division, yes, recovery is ongoing. But we have a mix out of global economic uncertainty, geopolitical crisis and the oil price impact, which is predominantly unfavorable in most of the areas of the world regarding cement business. But it is a local business, it is a regional business, and we have significant differences between the regions. Countries like the Philippines, Indonesia, Vietnam, Pakistan, Colombia are all performing very well. Then to the product companies and the customer service. This is predominantly OPEX business nowadays. We clearly see still a high demand on the service side, but we see at the same time in the product companies as well as in the customer service, at the beginning of the year, a softened approach on large projects, which are predominantly dealt like big capex investments. That means they are under pressure. In general, the customers are focused on productivity and on environment. We are out of the capacity cycle. If we then look into the figures, let us start with the order intake. Of course, based on the large order, what we achieved in quarter one, cement dominates the order intake in quarter one. But when you look into the mid of the slide, you see that three out of the four divisions had definitely a decrease in order intake in the first quarter. Yes, there is seasonality in it, always in quarter one, which means it's lower. But January was exceptionally low, not only in mining, not only in cement, actually all over the global economy. And that had an effect on us, an effect which on one side brought us lower into order intake on the three divisions by looking into the bigger projects, which were simply dragging out, which means postponed. On the right side, you see the revenue, and we have, as before, similar, quite a well spread around the world. But it's worth to mention that we are nowadays with more than 40% of our revenue working in developed countries. And with that, we look into our total service activities. Based on the revenue set up with a lower capex part, it is not a surprise that the total service activities in quarter one came over 60%. It's actually 62% of revenue. I have to remind that our service business is not only the customer service division. We have, of course, all the aftermarket and the product company division and the O&M contracts in cement. In total, we see that the order intake in the total service activities in quarter one 
was around 3% higher than in quarter four 2015. So sequentially an increase, which fits to our overall measurement of the market. Then I would like to give to Lars, our CFO, for the financial performance. Thank you, Thomas. Thank you. And uh, before we go into the numbers, I would just uh, like to remind everybody about the market environment we are operating in. Uh, it is a very tough market. Um, it's a market where a lot of our customers are producing high volumes. Um, it's a market environment where our customers are really uh, trying to save on their capex. That, of course, means that the high volume drives high service. And the focus on CapEx puts a lot of pressure on all our big projects as well as on the sales of new equipment. And that is really what is uh, driving the performance we have in this quarter. Um, if we look into the, uh, to the numbers, you can see that order intake was higher than last year and substantially higher than revenue, which of course means that when we look out, uh, uh, we can see that it's not uh, trending down as, uh, as the revenue line may indicate. If we look at uh, the other numbers, uh, gross, mar uh, gross margin is holding up uh, nicely. Uh, the EBITDA uh, percentage is uh, dropping by 2%. Um, this is a result of the, operational, uh, the operating leverage where the lower revenue drives uh, less uh, gross margin uh, and consequently lower EBITDA. If you look at our order backlog, it's uh, $2 billion lower than, than the same period last year. And we have reduced our number of employees by 1,000. If we look at the order intake, uh, if you look at the blue bar, you can see that the underlying unannounced orders, which means orders in, uh, in our definition of less than 200 million, is at a fairly stable level uh, for quite a while. Uh, we had one uh, large order, which is the cement order, uh, which we are very uh, pleased with. Uh, so when you look at order intake, it's uh, the highest it's been for, for quite a while. If you then look at uh, the weak spot of our numbers, which is the revenue line, uh, we have uh, the comparison between uh, revenue and order intake uh, on the left-hand side of, uh, of the chart, where you can see that in the fourth quarter of 15, the order intake was quite low. Um, and now we have the first quarter this year where, where revenue is quite low. On the other hand, uh, you can see that order intake is substantially above, uh, above revenue in the first quarter. If we then turn into uh, the four divisions, uh, in customer service, you saw a slight decline in, uh, in the revenue. Uh, it's predominantly driven by the lack of large refurbishment orders. Um, if you look at our service business and our spare parts business, these are actually holding up quite well, uh, which of course fits with the high production volumes from our customers. If we look at, uh, at product companies, um, again, the service business, so the spare parts activities uh, embedded in this organization is holding up quite well, whereas the delivery of, uh, of larger uh, of equipment um, was dragging out. In product companies, we see uh, uh, an increasing revenue in the coming months. Actually, when you look at our historical order intake, um, you can see that the revenue we have in the first quarter is substantially below um, the order intake we've had uh, in any quarter historically. So, uh, so here we're quite confident that this will return in, uh, in the coming quarters. Minerals, uh, this is large projects uh, and uh, large equipment. This is a place that is under a lot of pressure. Uh, revenue was down. Um, order intake was down in, uh, in the first quarter too. Uh, this is an area that is under substantial pressure, and, uh, and in this area, it's, uh, 
We expect an increasing revenue, but this is where uh, volatility is the highest. And this is also where we see that customers um, are delaying uh, some of the projects. And we can see that the appetite for finishing off uh, projects is lower than it is uh, has been historically. In cement, we had a very low uh, revenue. The revenue for 2016 uh, is mainly coming out of the, the backlog. So when we analyze what happened to uh, the revenue in f- uh, first quarter, uh, it was low because we did not hit the milestones uh, and the progress with sub-supplies that generates revenue. Uh, we are confident that revenue in cement will pick up in the coming quarters uh, and it will come from, from the backlog. Um, so it, it's mainly things that are within our control. So in particular, in product companies and cement, uh, we're quite confident that, that revenue will pick up in, uh, in the coming quarters. Gross margin um, was uh, was high in the, in the first quarter, um, and actually, when you look into the four divisions, uh, you see that it's up in uh, in all four divisions, with the exception of product companies. Customer service uh, here, we in 15 had uh, a loss on uh, on one O&M contract in Nigeria, uh, that dragged down the margin by uh, four percentage points. So if you adjust for that, even with adjusting for that, you see an increase in the margins in customer service. In product companies, it's fairly stable. It was up in minerals. It was up in cement. Um, so these are in a, in, a, in a market with significant pricing pressure, uh, with low revenue and therefore uh, pressure on underabsorption. I think this is a very strong achievement by our business. Um, so... The development you see on this picture, uh, we're quite uh, quite pleased with. If you then look at uh, our SGNA cost, they are uh, more or less in line with the same period last year. Uh, it's a high number. It's very important for us to continue to invest in our people. Uh, we had a high investment level last year. Uh, we have the same high investment level this year. We are investing in salespeople. Um, we also want to make certain that we continue to have a strong platform to operate from. Um, so we have uh, we have managed our SGNA cost uh, uh, according to plan. If we then turn to the EBITDA, uh, it was a very low quarter, um, as mentioned on previous pages. It was uh, due to lower revenue. If you look at the bridge on the right hand side, uh, last year we had 400 million in uh, in EBITDA. Uh, we did not have the one-offs we have last year, which improved our result by 73 million. Uh, we had an increase in gross margin, which improved uh, compared to last year. And then you see the drag of $249 million, which comes uh, due to the lower revenue. So all in all, uh, our EBITDA went down considerably, uh, mainly related to a lower activity level. If we then look at, uh, at working capital, um, if you look at the, the previous two years, we had a significant deterioration of net working capital in the first quarter. Uh, this year, it improved by 200 million. Uh, trade receivables went down uh, by a substantial amount in in the first quarter. Uh, what we are particularly pleased with in that development is that it was mainly overdues that went down. So the composition of trade receivables improved uh, in the first quarter. Um, when we look at the other really positive number in here is that our network in progress did not deteriorate uh, substantially. We are in a phase where uh, we're getting longer and longer into the projects. We are in an environment where there is pressure on, on 
uh, on delivering uh, the projects on time because the customers are not uh, uh, putting a lot of pressure on us to uh, deliver them. Uh, and that normally puts a lot of pressure on uh, on work in progress. We managed to offset that, so we only saw a, a slight increase in uh, in work in progress. Um, if you look at the the longer term trend on uh, on on net prepayments, although it uh, it went a little bit up in the first quarter, the long term trend of of lower net prepayments is continuing, um, and we continue to see pressure on this in in the coming quarters. But all in all, uh, we reduced by 200 million in the first quarter, which uh, we're quite pleased with. If we then look at uh, the cash flow statement, cash flow uh, in this market environment is very high on our agenda, uh, and we are quite pleased that the continuing uh, operations uh, delivered uh, a, a 95 million positive cash flow in the first quarter. This is despite pressure on uh, on our EBITDA, where you could see a substantial drop compared to last year. We had a cash outflow from provisions. Uh, in particular, in our discontinuing operations, we had a large redundancy where provisions were built last year and used in the first quarter. When you look at, look at networking capital, uh, we had a substantial, or we had 100 million cash out. Uh, it comes primarily from uh, from our discontinued operations, where some of the larger projects did not hit the milestones that generates uh, payments from the clients. Um, taxes were were high in the first quarter, which is not a trend. Um, they vary from quarter to quarter, and in the first quarter, we had an unusually high amount. So all in all, uh, this is one of our key focus areas, and we are quite pleased that despite the market environment we were, we were operating in, that we had a, a positive CFFO of 95 million um, in the first quarter. You can also see that our capex uh, remains low at, uh, at 12 million in the quarter. If we then look at our capital structure, our equity ratio is uh, in line with our guidance, uh, with our with our targets. Uh, net debt to EBITDA uh, went up to 2.1 as a result of uh, of the low EBITDA we had in uh, in uh, the first quarter. Our debt was uh, reduced in the first quarter by 100 million, uh, which remains one of our priorities for the remainder of the year to to reduce net debt. Capital, uh, return on capital employed was uh, was nine percent. Um, I think this is uh, before I hand over to Thomas. Um, from the numbers I presented, it is clear that the activity level is really uh, hurting our business in this quarter. Um, we are also seeing that in the coming quarters, we expect uh, activity level to pick up uh, again. With that, uh, over to you, Thomas. Thank you, Lars. Thank you very much. So. It was definitely a tough start of the year, not only in cement and in mining, especially January was very, very low. That is a fact that, of course, impacted our revenue. But we say it now since quite a while, managing the cycle is the highest priority. We focus on customers, on costs and cash. That's very important. When you look into that, order intake is, of course, for a company which has one part of the business in engineering, very important. And to have received a large order in quarter one, of course, shows the strength of our company in the market, our competitive strength. But not only in the continued business. As you most probably saw, we announced today um, a large order for our Wattgassen, business unit, which is bulk material handling, which is the discontinued business. 
That in a process of selling is, of course, a fantastic outperformance. Based on the low revenue, of course, it hits the ratio to the SGNA dramatically. That doesn't mean that we lean back and not doing about anything. We invest into our people. We do our educational programs. We recruit more salespeople. But of course, you can see that we had to let go close to 250 people in the quarter. Actually, around 1,000 since end of quarter one, 2015. This is ongoing business right-sizing, where we match what as much as we can foresee the future, how much labor we can carry. Networking capital is a very high focus. We clearly see improvements all over. We are not leaning back. That's daily, hourly focus on it. Of course, we are pleased to see that the overdues, especially the long-term overdues, came down. But beside that, customers, to focus on customers, is utmost important in such a tough time. The safety and, from now on, quality measurements on customers to improve our offering and productivity is a very high point in the agenda. We measure what we call the delivery in full on time to serve our customers not only with the best premium engineering products and services that we are outperforming, of course, on timing too. But these are managing the cycle items or a part of it. When you look into that where we are in the cycle, at the trough in mining and slightly coming out of the trough in cement, it is, of course, important to look into the future. And we say it quite often, the former cycles during the boom time, that was capacity, increasing tonnages. The next cycle, maybe the next two cycles, and there we talk 10 to 20 years, is about getting the setups, what our clients have, more productive. Our business model is to offer engineering products and services up to the level that we can operate mine sites or salmon plant and or salmon plants. With that setup, the right education, the right competence, what we have, we can definitely be the premium provider into productivity improvement. If we then look into the group guidance 2016, we said and we made it clear this is unchanged. We gave in February, yes, a broad guidance 17 to 20, but this is a result out of the low visibility and high volatility. The same is with the 7 to 9% on the EBITDA margin. Important to mention on that slide is that we keep, of course, the CFFI below depreciation level. That means roughly 400 million DKK for us. We can do that because all safety investments definitely happen. And we invested quite a lot in the last few years. Out of that, I would like to summarize again the quarter one. Low activities, especially in January, brought a very exceptional low revenue level without of that a low EBITDA level. Service activities for the F.L. Schmidt Group are holding up despite tough market conditions. We have a higher order intake, yes, based on one large order, but the mix is okay. Our gross margin improved 
and our networking capital as well as our net interest bearing debt is trending downwards in such a time. It's very important for us. Full year guidance is maintained. And for the remainder of the year, we definitely see a pickup in business. And with that, Lars, I think we should open up for Q&A. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, if you have a question for the speakers, please press 01 on your telephone keypad and you'll enter a queue. After you're announced, please ask your question. Please hold until we have the first question. First question comes from Lars Topham from Carnegie. Please go ahead. Your line is now open. Uh, yes, three questions, if I may. Uh, the, the first one is on, on, on these uh, postponements in, in deliverers you, you mentioned. Uh, can you uh, maybe give some color as to which industries it affects, if it's all? This is mainly from larger mining companies or, or, or smaller miners. Uh, and uh, have you seen co uh, projects that were sort of put on a temporary standby and then came to life again? Have you seen any uh, order cancellations? That was one slightly long question. Uh, question number two, Thomas, you mentioned that your total service activities were actually 62% of sales. I wonder if you can give some comments on how margins have developed year and year on those 62% of, of, of sales. And then a final question I can see in the notes for provisions that you only made project provisions of 95 million in Q1. Your normal run rate is a couple of hundred millions. I just wonder if there's any particular reason behind that. Thank you. Thank you, Lars. Um, at first, regarding the postponement, it's of course hitting predominantly the uh, cement as well as the minerals division. And that defines, of course, the business uh, where we are in. It's not only on the, uh, the mining customers. We saw that in cement too. When we look into quarter one, we have to say that the total business activities, and I'm not talking here cement and mining in particular, the total business activities globally really was on a very, very low level. Long time not seeing such a low activity level. And that led to postponement, a non-eagerness of clients in mining as well as in cement to hit the milestones. And as you know, if you don't hit the milestones in a quarter, all the revenue, what we would book, then, of course, goes on into the next quarter. If we look regarding industries, we can clearly say that the most or the lowest activity was on the steel industry. We have a little bit business, adjacent industry business into steel industry. Then regarding the total service, the margin development, not only in the total service, actually in all four divisions, pricing pressure is quite high. Um, as we said before, but the margin development, what we see in the total service activities is actually on a similar level as we had it last year. The big improvement, what we see in uh, the quarter regarding cross margin, if I take customer service, one side is the non-repeat of a big one-off in 2015. The other part is, of course, the postponement of larger retrofit businesses, of larger maintenance businesses, which have normally a little bit lower margin level than the normal wear and spare part business, of course, gave a positive effect into it. But it shows on top of it 
a relatively or a good behavior of our sales force to maintain profitability in that what we sell. And provisions last. Yeah, and uh, <clears throat> if we take the, the provisions, um, I think it, the answer is actually fairly straightforward that we, in particular in cement, had a very low revenue. And normally we book uh, provisions uh, in line with revenue. So as a percentage of uh, um, yeah, of our revenue or as a percentage of our cost. So, so the reason why provisions were only built up at a low, low ne- uh, number was the lower revenue in particular in cement. Excellent. Well, one follow-up question, if I may, uh, to Thomas, I mentioned if, if you miss certain milestones, that revenue is postponed to, to other quarters. So is it so that you, you now know the milestones you hope to reach in Q1, you will reach them in, in Q2? Yeah, of course, that is always then on the agenda. The, um, but, of course, it all uh, uh, isn't, uh, yeah, how to say, reflection of the business activities. But our message that we keep the guidance, I think, gives uh, a kind of a direction how we see the development of the milestones hit yeah. throughout the year. So, so, so you, you basically uh, have, have a very good idea already today that some of the Q1 shortfall in revenue will be captured in Q2? Um, Normally, I would say yes, Lars, but we have, we are in a very volatile market, so I can't, I can't promise that. But in normal conditions, yes. Okay. Thank you very much, Thomas and Lars. When, uh, when we look into it, it's going to be quarter two and quarter three. There's a lot of uh, things happening in the middle of the year. So, um. Okay. Thank you for taking my questions. Thank you. And our next question comes from the line of Johan Eliensen from Kepler Chevrolet. Please go ahead. Your line is now open. Yes, thank you. This is Johan Elias from Kepler Chevrolet. Just, uh, uh, well, three questions maybe. Then on, starting on this uh, prepayment trend, is that just a reflection of the lower order intake or is the sort of prepayment uh, terms worsening uh, when you do get some of these big orders with prepayments? Then secondly, just on the uh, gross margins, we saw it improving. You say it's uh, partly because of some postponements here of, of these upgrade orders. But in general, would you say that the gross margin in the current backlog is, is uh, in line or better or worse than, than the recent uh, gross margins we have seen? And then finally, just on your market outlook, this, this might be a bit... Uh, uh, um, sort of uh, lofty, but but, uh, you have previously talked about uh, mining (coughs) orders uh, should be flattish until end of 2017. Now you don't really say that. Is is that just a a reflection of that you have very low visibility, or is it a reflection of that you think any sort of uptick has moved further out? Thank you. Um, If we look at first to the prepayments, Yes, of course, a lower order intake normally drives then, of course, a lower prepayment. As bigger the orders normally in absolute monetary uh, values, of course, the, the prepayments are bigger. But we definitely see in a downturn a trend that these sales conditions, because it's part of the sales process, what you offer to clients when they have to pay and how much they have to pay up front, is coming under pressure too. It's the same like with pricing. Of course, we work are very close on that because our target is to have all projects cash positive throughout the whole project lifetime. But yes, that is coming under pressure too. 
Yeah, and uh, regarding the, the gross margin, you saw uh, quite good gross margins uh, development in all four divisions. Um, the factors explaining this are that we had uh, more service, in, uh, in particular in, uh, in product companies, as well as uh, more spare parts business, which normally have higher margins in, uh, in customer service. Um, we do see, going forward, pricing pressure, uh, and we are doing everything we can to lower our prices to our customers. Uh, but when it comes to gross margin, uh, there is, of course, uh, our sub-supply base where we are taking quite a lot of uh, efficiencies out of our own organization. But also, it's quite clear that uh, that the supply market is uh, uh, is more receptive to re- lowering prices to us. So our job is really to make certain that the pricing pressure that comes from uh, from our customers is passed on to uh, to our sub-suppliers. So when we look look forward, it's clear that prices are coming under pressure, um, and gross margins are coming down. Our job is, of course, to make certain that we maintain our margins by putting the pressure on uh, on our sub-suppliers as well as on our internal organization. Then the third question was regarding why we didn't repeat the mining outlook. Um, it is still our belief that 2017, the later part of 2017, will show a better performance into uh, the mining industry. And when you look into it, balance sheets and uh, profitability of mining customers, capacity, what they produce, commodity prices are at the moment higher. So it's actually a positive mix, but it takes, of course, a while until that ends up in our part of the business in F.L. Schmidt because we are more later in the value chain of the, uh, of the mining customers. If it comes to the outlook regarding order intake flattish, <laughs> It is um, the timing issue is a little bit the tricky one. The volatility is so high and the visibility is so low. Yes, we still see that it stays flattish order intake, but we think at the same time the visibility is very, very low. So to be that strong outspoken on it, we would be careful. Okay, great. Thank you very much. Thank you. Our next question comes from the line of Jonathan Hanks from Goldman Sachs. Please go ahead. Your line is now open. Hi there, Thomas. Hi there, Lars. Uh, I'm just wondering if you could talk a little bit more about gold. A few of your peers have talked about better uh, tendering activity in gold. I'm just wondering if you've also seen that. And also, if you give us a little bit of color about where your demand from the gold industry is versus the prior peak and perhaps where you think it could go at the current gold prices, that would be great. Uh, thank you for that question, Thomas. Uh, gold is definitely not only from a commodity point of view, the shiny uh, commodity at the moment. It's, of course, uh, it's very, very well holding up uh, regarding the commodity price. And I have to say, two, three years ago, I was asked uh, when gold uh, drops below $800. And I always said it will not happen. Uh, and it didn't. Thanks, God, it didn't. Um, yes, gold tendering definitely improved over the last few quarters. We said that before. But one thing, what we have to say, Jonathan, is the demand in gold shifted more from a capacity increase into a productivity optimization. I give one classical uh, example. Dry tailings to avoid tailing dams in the gold industry is very much a hot topic for all the gold miners. And there we are the biggest supplier in the world. So it is. it gets more and more an environmental and, of course, a productivity part two. And that is where we can leverage a lot. The pity in it is the gold industry has simply not that scale of business volume as iron ore or copper 
um, or other bigger commodities. So you will see definitely more business in gold, but it will not impact dramatically the supplier industry so positively. Okay, thank you very much. Super helpful. Thank you. Our next question comes from the line of Andrew Carlson from ABG. Please go ahead. Your line is now open. Yes, this is Andrew from ABG. Um, I just have a question with regards to your to your guidance. Um, you keep reiterating that there's uncertainty and low visibility, but still, you have a wide range with say an up with an upper end and lower end. Could you elaborate again what it would require to say arrive at the upper end of the guidance range, uh, given the start that you have you've experienced in Q1, and what it would take to go to the lower end of the range? Thank you. Yes, I make it from a market point of view. Uh, to reach the upper uh, end of the guidance is, of course, that all the milestones are now fulfilled, that the book-to-bill ratio is on a healthy level, and that we see activities in the market based on that what we believe should happen, based on the high capacities which are produced in mining. In cement, that decisions uh, to make refurbishments and product investments, which we think from a technical point of view are necessary, are done. Delivery times are significant shorter than a few years ago. That would be the upper part. Now to the lower part where more people uh, talk about, because we are at the trough, then you have a more talked negative environment, is, of course, the low visibility. If we would get another month or two months like we had January, if the customers would start to postpone longer over the year, that would definitely be um, for the lower part of the guidance. As you hear, we are not mentioning uh, services uh, as a collapse or as a downturn scenario, really, because we see all over, if it comes to mining, high production rates, and no matter what the capex or the money spending is on the mine side, to operate them, you have to have a minimum investment, and we believe we are already in that range. If it comes to cement, we see more activities in some regions, and that, of course, requires aftermarket too. I'm not talking here bullish about total service, but we don't see a scenario where it completely collapse. Absolutely not. Technical question to it. We had a 3% uh, drop in, in currencies in the first first quarter compared to our guidance. And based on our on our revenue level, it will be a drag of around 500 million on the full year. So an increase in certain uh, currencies would help to reach the upper end of the guidance. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Our next question comes from the line of Andrew Wilson from JP Morgan. Please go ahead. Your line is now open. Hi, good afternoon, everyone. A um, couple of questions from me. Just um, for following on from the guidance question a minute ago, what, what assumption are you making around the service margins? And sort of, uh, it would be helpful if you could break that down in terms of total service, um, mining service, and cement service in terms of meeting the, the guidance for this year. What assumption we do? Um, we have, uh, as we saw in quarter one, to have a relatively healthy level on the margin business in, in the service. Of course, what we wish for is that some of the bigger maintenance and refurbishments are getting finally decided on the customer side to drive more revenue in it. There, normally, you would see a slight drop in the cross profit because they are not as profitable as single wear and spare part business. One thing what I can say here regarding the total service business is 
you know that our mining customers and partly cement customers completely emptied their inventory to generate cash. So we are in a position where we see more and more 24 hours, 48 hours, 72 hour delivery, which is of course costing more money and acting with fast, with more um, service to make it happen, where we of course have a relatively healthy margin on it. Okay, so I guess the, the driver is more about the mix of what type of service you actually end up delivering rather than an expectation that end market conditions are changing in terms of either customer pricing or customer demand. What I tried to say in a very diplomatic way is pricing pressure will not decrease. We are at the trough, and until pricing pressure decreases, we have to see a significant pickup of business, which means orders in our peers and ourselves. That's, uh, that's normal in a, in a recession. So the push from us into our sales organization to maintain prices is, of course, quite high. But it is, of course, difficult. Okay, that's very helpful. And if I can just add a, a, a hopefully a quick one, just on the, the, the divestment process of the bulk handling assets, can you just give us an update on exactly sort of where we are on that? We are completely on track you know that we announced it in November, and based on the rules, we are in a, in a journey of 12 months, and we are on track with that, what we wanted to achieve. That's perfect. Thanks, Thomas. Thank you. And the next question comes from the line of Klaus Kiel from New Credit Markets. Please go ahead. Your line is now open. Yeah, hello. Uh, Klaus Kiel from uh, New Credit Markets. Um, a couple of questions, please. First of all, uh, regarding the order intake in mining, um, it is very, very low here in Q1. Um, but did you say that it was negatively affected by postponements? That would be my first question. And secondly, if you indicate that a flattish order intake in mining is still realistic, wouldn't that require a couple of large projects in the remaining uh, quarters here in, in, in 16? And is, is that actually what you're trying to, uh, to tell us? And um, finally, uh, if I look at the discontinued operation, um, they generated a loss of $6 million here in Q1. Um, and I must say that was a lot better than I expected. But would that be a, a reasonable run rate uh, for, uh, for this uh, company now? That would be my questions. Thank you. Um, thank you, Klaus. The postponement. Um, yes, we see postponement of customer decision on larger deals in mining. That's, that's clear. That is definitely what we see. And you know that we um, have a relatively good visibility on the pipeline. We announce orders normally when we receive the advanced payment on our account. And you saw today the Russian order for bulk material handling in Vatgassen was not because we had the announcement today. It was really because the money ended up into our account exactly uh, roughly at the time when we announced that we are very, very, how to say, punctual on it. You are completely right to be flattish by having relatively quite a good order intake versus industry last year. We require this year uh, several larger orders in mining, but it's all about the timing. If we, if the decision of the clients as well as the advance payment would hit our accounts in the year. So it is Difficult to say how that develops. That is what we call the low visibility in it. 
Okay. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> regarding the discontinued operations, um, um, it's a business where we have, uh, as part of the sales process, uh, ring-fenced it. Uh, we have a very strong management team. Uh, the organization is performing well on the projects they're executing. Um, so we are not uh, expecting to see any any large losses uh, for the remainder of this year. And uh, the level we've had in the first quarter is uh, uh, a level that we can uh, um, yeah, use for the rest of the year. So, so we could use this run rate of six, a loss of six million per quarter for for the remaining uh, for, for for sixteen. Is that what you're saying? Yes. It's just just roughly. It's you can use six million roughly. <laughs> six point six. Yeah. Okay. Six point one. No, no, but I mean, it, uh, I think it's a business that have been uh, yeah. been through a lot, and uh, I think we have a lot of confidence in in the current team uh, sitting in that business. Absolutely. Excellent. Thank you very much. Thank you. The next question comes from Faisal Ahmed from SEB. Please go ahead. Your line is now open. Yeah, Faisal Ahmed from SEB. Um, just one question from my side. Uh, I mean, you mentioned that you've seen uh, increasing activity levels in terms of deliveries uh, throughout Q1. Uh, can you also comment on uh, on, on uh, activity levels when it comes to tendering activity and coding activity, especially in in CS and products? Uh, how that has developed uh, throughout the quarter and maybe also into uh, into Q2. The, um, you know that from a seasonal point of view, uh, activities uh, at the beginning of the year, January, half February, are normally low. This year, they were significant lower than expected and significant lower than in the years what we see before uh, what we saw before out of that of course relatively um, that tendering level improved a lot over the last few weeks and months and of course that is the base when we look into guidance and how we see the remainder of the year uh, yeah and thomas and when you're talking about a significant improvement in in uh, activities the last few uh, weeks and, and, uh, and months. Uh, and you're seasonally adjusting here, or are you just saying that, that it's improved compared to January? It is, uh, <laughs> yeah, of course, it is a lower level than a few years ago. That's, that, that's clear. And it's, of course, better than it was in January. But when we look into the tendering, into the activity in the market, it is at the moment significant more difficult to get the finalization of a deal. We actually, we see that since August, July last year, this is nothing new for the quarter one or quarter two. This low visibility, high volatility is now ongoing since nine months. Um, as an example, when you before had uh, free meetings with a client to finalize a deal on a standard piece of equipment or a bigger wear and spare part, it today can get up in some areas of the business up to eight of these meetings to get a finalization. That shows how much customers think about and crunch and, and turn it around. Out of that, the feeling in the front line is we have a significant higher tendering level. But of course, it's combined with crunching the same issue more often than before. To summarize it, we see a higher tendering level. We expect a higher business volume and a higher business activity, but it's definitely not a boom or huge growth to, to the relatively to the good years. Okay, um, Thomas, I, I said I had one question, uh, but but I actually ask uh, one one additional one here. Um, 
in in terms of um the cement uh, business um i mean you've seen oil prices recovering from um very very low level uh, but you have at least seen a recovery here i mean does that impact your pipeline in any manner in any geographies No, actually not. You maybe saw an announcement out of Nigeria that they are now dramatically increasing the fuel prices in Nigeria as an oil exporting country. Um, the question is how much the oil price has to recover to, to turn it. We should not see that in the mid to long term as negative, to be honest, because there are by far more countries importing oil than supplying oil, which purely theoretical increase the market potential for mid to long term in, in cement. And we see, of course, countries, I take Pakistan uh, as an example, to when they see oil prices lower, they have more advantage out of a lower uh, energy cost. Then, of course, all the planning and every uh, activities are starting to get the certificates, the permits and so on to build a new line or a complete new greenfield cement plant. We see a lot of these activities But that takes several quarters, maybe one or two years until it really drops into a finalization of a quotation into an order. On the other side, on the uh, oil exporting countries, um, they are doing their utmost to manage and to balance the industry. And that means that they are not letting completely collapse the construction industry in the country too, because Any, anywhere they have to offer jobs to. So we have several sub-trends in, in all the areas, if oil importing or exporting. I would, from a mid to long-term point of view, as the oil price is, not seeing it negatively. Okay, thank you very much, Thomas. And uh, Lars? Thank you, Faisal. Thank you. We have a follow-up question from the line of Johan Iliasson from Kepler Chevrolet. Please go ahead. Your line is now open. Yeah, hi again. I was just wondering about this bad gas and order, pretty big announced today. It will not be part of your announced group order intake for Q2. Is that correct, as, as this business is in the discontinued operations? Or? Yes, it, it's completely correct. It is an order intake of discontinued business. Yeah. Good. And then just on cement, you obviously had a big order now. I think you've been targeting it for a while. Are there some other similar-sized orders in, in the pipeline that you think you could clinch this year or uh, close next year? I'd make it like that. The, uh, the, the reason why I smile about it is I take an order what we had in Africa, I think two years ago. We had it, the contract undersigned for close to two years until financing and the money was, was on us. We believed when we got the contract undersigned that we will have within three to six months everything done and then really starting with the work, which means uh, we announced the order. And it took three, close to four times longer. So it is not in the hands of our customers. It's not in our hands. It's then regarding the financing, the banks and so on who are involved. And that's very, very difficult to predict. Okay, but there are these negotiations at least ongoing. We have definitely negotiations ongoing uh, about greenfield investments as well as bigger refurbishments. Yes. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you, and as there appear to be no further questions, I return the conference to you. Okay. 
Thanks a lot for everyone who was participating and listening to us and, of course, for the very good questions what we got. All the best. Safe trip home, no matter where you are. See you soon. Goodbye.